The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 104, beginning on page 467. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, thou art become exceeding glorious. Thou art clothed with majesty and honor. Thou deckest thyself with light, as it were with a garment, and spreadeth out the heavens like a curtain. Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, and maketh the clouds his chariot, and walketh upon the wings of the wind. He maketh his angels winds, and his ministers a flaming fire. He laid the foundations of the earth, that it never should move at any time. Thou coverest it with the deep, like as a garment, the waters stand above the hills. At thy rebuke they flee, at the voice of thy thunder they haste away. They go up as high as the hills, and down to the valleys beneath, even unto the place where thou hast appointed for them. Thou hast set them their bounds, which they shall not pass, neither turn again to cover the earth. He sendeth the springs into the rivers, which run along the hills. And all beasts of the field drink thereof, and the wild asses quench their thirst. Besides them shall the fowls of the air have their habitation, and sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from above, the earth is filled with the fruit of thy works. He bringeth forth grass for the cattle, and green herb for the service of men that he may bring food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil to make him a cheerful countenance, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord also are full of sap, 
even the cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted. Wherein the birds make their nests, and the fir trees are a dwelling for the stork. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats, and so are the stony rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for certain seasons, and the sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness that it might be night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do move. The lions, roaring after their prey, do seek their meat from God. The sun ariseth, and they get them away together, and lay them down in their dens. Man goeth forth to his work and to his labor, until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is the great and wide sea also, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships, and there is the Lathiasin, whom thou hast made to take his pastime therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them meat in due season. When thou givest it them, they gather it, and when thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. When thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. When thou takest away their breath, they die, and are turned again to their dust. When thou lettest thy breath go forth, they shall be made, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Glorious majesty of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. The earth shall tremble at the look of him, even if he do but touch the hills, they shall smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God while I have my being. And so shall my words please him, my joy shall be in the Lord. As for sinners, they shall be consumed out of the earth, and the ungodly shall come to an end. Praise thou the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 24th verse of the 38th chapter of the Apocrypha book Ecclesiasticus. The wisdom of a learned man cometh by opportunity of leisure, and he that hath little business shall become wise. How can he get wisdom that holdeth the plough and that glorieth in the goad, that driveth oxen and is occupied in their labours, and whose talk is of bullocks? He giveth his mind to make furrows, and is diligent to give the kind fodder. So every carpenter and workmaster that laboureth night and day, and they that cut and grave seals and are diligent to make great variety, and give themselves to counterfeit imagery, and watch to finish a work. The smith also, sitting by the anvil, and considering the ironwork, the vapor of the fire wasteth his flesh, and he fighteth with the heat of the furnace. The noise of the hammer and the anvil is ever in his ears, and his eyes look still upon the pattern of the thing that he maketh. He setteth his mind to finish his work, and watcheth to polish it perfectly. So doth the potter, sitting at his work, and turning the wheel about with his feet, who is always carefully set at his work, and maketh all his work by number. He fashioneth the clay with his arm, and boweth down his strength before his feet. He applieth himself to let it over, and he is diligent to make clean the furnace. All these trust to their hands, and every one is wise in his work. Without these cannot a city be inhabited, 
and they shall not dwell where they will nor go up and down. They shall not be sought for in public council, nor sit high in the congregation. They shall not sit on the judge's seat, nor understand the sentence of judgment. They cannot declare justice and judgment, and they shall not be found where parables are spoken. But they will maintain the state of the world, and all their desire is in the work of their craft. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fourteenth verse of the eighth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their own dead. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? When he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two demon-possessed men, coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from them there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine. And suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. 
Then those who kept them fled, and they went away into the city and told everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church. And because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening to all. Start tonight in Psalm 104, which is an extended psalm reflecting on the orderliness of God's creation and how God's um, authority over it and his goodwill and benevolent provision for it um, permeate every order of that creation. Um, this uh, this psalm focuses a lot on the image of water, which is a, a common image in the psalms, um, because water, you know, it, it features in the Old Testament, uh, you know, quite a bit in some key places, um, particularly at the creation, at the Exodus, and at the entrance to the Promised Land. 
Um, and so in this psalm, uh, in observing in a, in a kind of contemplative mode, the orderliness of creation, um, there is a there's always a kind of reference back to the fact that God makes things from where there was a kind of formless and void. And that's depicted in the poetry of the creation narrative as a um, as a formless and void waters, the, the, the sort of the, the the face of the deep is the um, the, the poetic image there. Um, and from that, God, you know, divides an expanse among the deep so that there are waters above and waters below and in the midst of which causes, you know, and binds those waters that that formless and void uh, deep um, as, uh, you know, binds its boundaries and then, you know, in, in, you know inaugurates a, a sort of temple creation in the midst of it in which he himself will dwell. Um, and, you know, we get images of uh, of that you know, of God's continual, you know, holding back the, you know, the waters of the great deep, um, you know, in in, in, the, in terms of holding it at the borderlands of the creation. Uh, in, in, you know, in the flood narrative, we see the, you know, the temporary suspension of that, right? The waters come from above, you know, in the firmament where God, you know, held the waters back and they come from below where the, wa where the waters had been pressed down and on which the earth had been made to sit. Um, and so, Whenever you see images of waters, big bodies of water being, you know, messed around with in the scriptures, that there's often times a, um, a a reference back to God's exercise of creative power and bringing something new out of it. Um, and and so as we think about Psalm 104, you know, one of the one of the striking images uh, as it goes through the different orders of creation is that you know, the Lord, you know, provides in season what, what each order of creation needs. He creates different, um, you know, in habitations, and then he fills those habitations with life and then continues to love and sustain that life. Um, and so as we go, as we, you know, or oriented in a kind of contemplative, you know, regard for creation, um, as we sit and perceive and patiently await, um, uh, you know, the insight that can be, you know, perceived, in the in a in a creation that has been made so as to communicate the attributes of God to us, um, we will begin to perceive those things, and this broadly is what is called wisdom. Uh, it begins with the fear of the Lord, which um, you know, which begins in a way of saying that you know, of, of saying like uh, life and the world is not about me, um, and I am not I did not make myself, and I am not you know subject to only myself. Um, and I am not self-creating. Uh, and then it ends with a kind of um, uh, reverential awe for the not only the creative power, but also the creative goodwill that God continues to pour out in creation. And so when the wisdom writer is talking about craft, he um, goes to this catalog of different crafts um, and then concludes that, you know, wisdom is inaccessible to the person who is, um, you know, who's overly fixated on their craft. Um, there's, you know, there's there's a kind of guarded truth where, where we should discern from this. Um, it can be overstated um, very easily, this portion of Ecclesiasticus, to say that, um, you know, work is the enemy, like manual labor and craftsmanship are the enemy of, of you know, contemplation and prayer and wisdom. And this, you know, bears some of the marks of the, of the age in which Ecclesiasticus is written. It's written in a kind of post-Hellenized um, Judea. And as a result of that, has had received some of the imprint of the Greek philosophy of the time, which um, had the habit of seeing these things in kind of animosity to each other. That if you, uh, you know, if you had to work, you were, you know, sort of blinded to considering the deep, you know, ponderous philosophical truths of the world. 
Um, and again, that can be an overstated kind of binary opposition there that we have to be wary of. Uh, but there's a there's a truth to this as well that um, that when we are, you know when we make things with our hands, one of the age old um, you know human things is to become enamored with the work of our hands, and that it is that enamorment that we have to be watchful of. Um, to make things is an expression of of, our, of who we are as images of uh, and likenesses of God. Um, you know that we have the ability to imagine and make um, is if we were to contemplate it would yield the conclusion that we are made in the image of a creator who creates deliberately and imaginatively. Um, but one of the things we constantly show ourselves capable of doing is falling in love with what we with what we make with our hands. Um, and this is part of one of the one of the kind of more insidious ways that that takes place is that we can get so caught up in the economy of the world that is concerned with transacting these different creations of our hands that we lose sight of the contemplative quality of life that that yields the wisdom of God and does not lead us in uh, to to orient our lives around the fear of God, either in that sense of not life not being about us or in that sense of God being, you know, ultimately revealed as loving and, and powerful through his creation. Um, and so that's really the heart of what the wisdom writer in Ecclesiasticus is getting at, is we have to be watchful of that. And this is most fully revealed in our gospel lesson tonight from Matthew. And you have, if you read these vignettes in, in quick succession, you know, Jesus has just in three chapters on the Sermon on the Mount, proclaimed the kingdom of God and then described the nature of that kingdom. Um, and then in these vignettes that follow, you could almost read them as a, a sequence of case studies in, okay, so what does, what power and what um, province does that and what jurisdiction does that kingdom have in this world? And you could look at these vignettes as, um, as a series of answers to a question of, to, you know, to what extent does the kingdom have authority over this world? Um, and as as its king, King Jesus, what jurisdiction does he have in this world? And the opposition that you know we see arise, or the 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 inciting incident that arises in each of these vignettes is, um, does Jesus have authority here? And the answer to all of them is yes, he does. But it comes most clearly when Jesus heals the de the demoniacs among the Gadarenes. He said they say, you know, they say in our translation tonight, you know, what have you to do with us, O Son of God? A better, maybe more, a more casual way and a more, you know, snippy way of expressing that would, it's the, the phrase actually means something more like, leave us alone. Um, this area is ours. As we know from the story, they guarded that pass of the road, that pat, that portion of the road as though it were their kingdom and they would not let anyone pass that way. And so as we reflect on this, this is really the problem that we see and that stands, makes us contrary to the way God has ordered all of creation and us in it is it can be very easy for us to see a portion of life, either of our life or of the life around us and say, this is mine, God, stay away from it. And it is precisely that orientation that our disciplines of prayer and our practice of the Christian life are designed to go to war against. Um, because insofar as we say from the heart, this is mine, don't touch it and leave me alone. That is the place where we are in imitation of the, that satanic impulse to desire a creation of our own making and to be the God of our own world. So as we offer that up tonight, as we relinquish that control tonight, as we turn back from being enamored with our, the work of our own hands, we have the opportunity to see that um, around us and above us and beneath us, we are being taken care of.
we are being provided for beyond the anxiousness of that, of having to uphold our little created world. Um, and, you know, we relinquish it in little bits and pieces, morning and evening and every Sunday, because to whatever extent we don't yield that, that little world will progressively become a hell for us. But insofar as we relinquish that world, even that little world that would become hell for us ends up becoming the, the kind of trailhead to heaven for us. And it becomes a way we begin to taste the kingdom even now. So we'll close by offering our intercession together for all those people and causes that are on our hearts tonight. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. May as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. And thanks to Barbara and Rochelle, my co-leaders tonight. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father Hayden. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you.